Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Before we start this podcast, I'd like to acknowledge that we are recording on stolen and unceded land of the Yagra and Turrbal people here in Mianjin. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. Welcome. All right. Obviously, we're talking about the Queen today. Is that obvious? What else would we be talking about? There's well, nothing else to talk about. They would know because the, it would be called something. The title oh, of the pod. So true. Forget about that little, little, little tidbit. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it something else for fun. To, a trick. To, a little trick. You don't know what you're getting into. Um, and she has died, in case you hadn't heard. Holy fuck. <laughs> Multiple weeks ago. I lo- And can I just say, the day that she died... I remember us having this conversation in the morning where we were like, let's just not touch it. Let's just mm. not touch the story. And then by the end of the first day, I was like, we're, strap yourselves in. Like, we cannot refrain from this. Yeah. Like, it's probably one of the biggest world events we'll see. And I can't believe as a media company, we were like, let's just leave it. <laughs> oh, I think we just didn't really, we didn't not say anything because we didn't want to. We kind of didn't say anything as a, just as a deliberate move. Yes. And I think especially on the first day, because that's when the um, emotions are most high. And I think, again, something that we always try to focus on is not breaking the news and like just sitting in it for a few days, seeing what everyone has to say and then trying to offer perspective within those perspectives Yeah, and take a new ground. Yes. Which I think we did. Also, I think that I just, I saw a lot of um, First Nations people posting about it and I was like, I'd prefer to hear what they have to say. Have to say. Absolutely. Um, and I think that something that I noticed that a lot of like left-wing and openly Republican um, politicians were saying in like tweets and things were like, my condolences to those who knew the queen. Yeah. Um, but fuck the monarchy kind of vibe. Absolutely. And I think that that to me, I was like, it's so strange when people, because obviously, obviously there are criticisms, which we're going to get into, um, of the monarchy and people are using her death as a time to, to raise those issues. Mm. Um, and saying like, they're saying things that like the, you know, a lot of monarchists and like right wing people are saying that that's like horrendously inappropriate and like, Oh, you know, you know, she was very well loved, blah, blah, blah. But I think that like something that we have, have to remember is that I don't know if this is a spicy take, probably not in our audience is like, there are only, there's not that many people who actually know the queen, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, if we are saying like, like obviously, I don't think I think that a lot of people who are saying um, things about the Queen that are negative are not necessarily deliberately trying to hurt the people who actually knew her. Like no. I think there's a bit of like but, I just uh, think it's an interesting perspective. But then on by saying that, a lot of the people who knew her are also royal family who we a lot of the same people they also hate them. So, yes, but also like Charles isn't reading our tweets. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. And that's the thing that I think when people are like, why are you being so rude and hateful? I'm like, you know that like Prince Harry is not like, dee, dee, dee. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I actually think that when we're talking about basically what's unfolded over the last few weeks, my commentary largely has not been about the Queen. And I think that's what something, that's something that people fail to understand. I, I take it or leave it. I don't mm-hmm. really care. I think our position is... Why do the Alan Joneses and Andrew Bolts of this world and most white commentators in mainstream media 
have an issue or take particular offense to First Nations people not grieving and not mourning? And I think that's the question to be asked of the general public. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of Australia, and I think that the Queen is more of a symbol, and, and she is a figurehead, but I think she just symbolizes a period in world history. And so for a lot of people, it's just like a weird attachment thing, right? Mm, like a celebrity. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what people's struggle is. But what concerns me most is this inability to perceive the experiences or perspectives of others. Mm -hmm. I don't really give a fuck if you want to privately mourn the queen. I can understand if a First Nations person does give a fuck if you do. Mm. But uh, like, again, my mum called me on the morning the queen died in tears about it. So that's like the family upbringing that I have. Mm -hmm. But versus like, why, why, and, and uh, fuck, the chair is gone. <laughs> um, something that really gets to me about this whole experience is when we see, like when we posted our article about the queen, right. And it was basically saying like exactly what I've just said, you know, why can you not perceive the experience of a first nations person? And why can you not understand why they wouldn't be mourning and grieving this person? Why would they not be mourning and grieving the figure that represents, you know, colonization, mm. imperialism, and the violence and, and just the, the, the classism, the yeah. sheer, you know, eat the rich vibes, right? My problem is when we posted that, I knew what was going to happen. We would lose hundreds of followers. Mm -hmm. And we and we did. We gained more. And I'd like to say <laughs> goodbye and good riddance. Good, good riddance. To anyone who takes, who is like, the I guess the thing for me is like, even if you're, you are a monarchist, like, I just don't understand how you can take some like people sharing their feelings and experiences as such a personal attack. And the other thing to note that I'm always so aware of is that like, if we were first nations, um, if we were first nations people who wrote that article or yes. if someone first nations wrote that article, they would get so much more shit oh, absolutely. than we would. Cause people can take a little bit more from other it white people. It was so funny. Like in the comments, so many people were like unfollowing and I literally commented, bye, Farewell. back to one. <laughs> this isn't the airport, no need to announce your departure. That's my favorite, favorite line, line of yours. Yeah. Um, and, but here's the thing that I think is really vital to point out, and I'm not saying these experiences are exactly the same, but I think everyone needs to get their fucking shit together and listen to this. Scott Morrison, the entire last two years, right? every woman was begging for men to understand the Me Too movement. Mm. We were begging for men to vote on behalf of us, to give a shit about our rights, to give a shit about our issues, to give a shit about everything we were complaining about, about sexual violence in this country. When, you know, Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins came forward, you know, these are vital conversations to be having. And all we wanted was for men to understand to some, some extent what we, we go through every day, mm -hmm. right? And then these are the same women <laughs> yep. that when a First Nations person says, I actually don't really care that the Queen's died because of what she represents to my people mm -hmm. and, and the suffering that we've endured and the violence and mm -hmm. the racism and what we go through every single day in this fucking country. And it would be really nice if you, if you took gave a, a second shit. to understand. Or just yeah. at, at very minimum respected my opinion on that, mm -hmm. respected the fact that I do not feel for this person. And what do they do? What do these women do? Unfollowing it's a disgrace. Yeah. Can't you care you about a 96 year old woman's death to the extent that you do not care about the humanity of a first nations person and their ability to speak freely about their perspective and their own experience. Mm -hmm. It is fucked. That is white feminism to a T. And it just sh goes to show that women, a lot of women in the feminist movement care about women. And that's it. That yeah. is where it extends to. It's where their progress and their views and their care extends to. You don't see them sharing their shit to that fucking, no. fucking Instagram story. Women who look like them. It absolutely riles me up because I just think like 
And I know, like, through Cheek, every time we share something that's a women's issue that white women can get behind, it goes so much better. Mm. When we talk about refugees, when we talk about First Nations issues, you know, like, it's such a particular audience that that extends to, like, if your feminism doesn't extend to be intersectional, it's not feminism. And this is the perfect example of that. If we're losing hundreds of followers, and I don't give a fuck about that, but I think it's such a good point. Like, why do you only care about a view that mirrors your own or an experience that mirrors your own? And why can't you just absolutely respect and recognize that someone else might not want to fucking get on their hands and knees for Lizzie exactly Ah! some of the comments on some of the other posts that I that I read um like by first uh post by first nations people um or just like more general commentary what was that um account future women future women (laughs) they posted they posted white women they posted like these really graphics with quotes Quotes. from Queen Elizabeth II they were like Garbus queen. Yeah. <laughs> and the quotes were really average. And like the comments were like, what the fuck? Like every comment was like, why would you do this? And then they doubled down and did more. And yep. I was just like, yikes. It's just funny because they're claiming to be like, especially future women. Mm. Like your entire branding is like looking to the future for the women's movement. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but on so many levels, Queen Elizabeth II is not the future. <laughs> like she, it, first of all, is dead. And St. Louis is fucking 96 years old. And, and, Again, like, I think that this is the tangent that's going to go into, like, we're going to talk about what happened with Caitlin Moran, the NRLW player. But I I think that what it comes back to is we don't, we don't care if you feel a bit sad in private. Sure. You have that. I care a bit. I care a bit, but like, just do it privately. (laughs) Get over that. Go like that. But to negate or undermine or disrespect the opinion of someone that differs from you. And that's the thing. Like, I can't say you have to respect but as white women, like, fuck, is it my place? You know what I mean? Like, what am I? Well, I think the thing that the difference is like the, what actually, what actually has the monarchy done for white, particularly if we're saying Australians mm. for white or non-Indigenous Australians, yeah. like what value do we actually get out of the queen? She's like, she doesn't apply to us in real life. We all that happen, the only kind of relationship we have with, with her is she's like this really like obscure type of celebrity. And I mean, obscure as in like, not a celebrity celebrity. Like she's just kind of like a weird figurehead that actually has no bearing on our day-to-day life. Mm. And so I just really struggle to understand. Oh, sorry. And then on the flip side, obviously for first nations people, the queen and the monarchy and the crown all represent like violence, genocide and oppression of their people ongoing by the way this is like not just in captain cook's day um so i just don't really understand why like i think it can it only goes the one way yeah like i I really don't think like any first nations people need to even give an ounce of thought to the fact that maybe a white australian would be a bit sad that a that the queen has died um because of that oppression and the fact that she actually, the crown actually has nothing to do with us. No, absolutely. And, and like drawing back some critical thought won't go astray here. Right. Do you think in 2022, and I know this doesn't have to do with the death of Queen Elizabeth and you can, you know, have your little feelings, but like, (laughs) do you think in 2022 that the sovereign head of state in Australia was there by birthright? Hmm. In, a, in this nation, do you truly believe... This democratic nation. And, and you, may, you may come back at me and say, but, you know, they don't really have power. You know, they, uh, fuck, until they use it. Yeah. Until they try. Exactly. Have a fucking... I just... 
I just think be aware of these things. Think critically. Think critically about the amount of taxpayer dollars in the UK, at least, that is spent on that family, Mm -hmm. on maintaining their excess wealth, their properties, their castles. Think about how that money could be spent elsewhere. Yeah. Think about what that system represents. I just think that in 2022, anyone who is willing to defend or support um, a head of the Commonwealth that is literally there by birth, Mm. that is fucking concerning to me. I just think it's a celebrity cult thing and we're just uh, too afraid to dismantle it because it's it represents such a huge part of history. Yeah. But And I know that it's like practically they don't have power, the Republic, all the practicalities of that. It's an, but also um, would highly recommend everyone read Stan Grant's piece in the ABC from last week on this. It's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it points to the fact that everyone from Anthony Albanese down has literally said um, it's not an appropriate time to discuss X, Y, and Z, whether that be a republic, whether that to whether whether that be to listen to First Nations voices and their feelings on the issue, you know. And I understand that people like Anthony Albanese, and I can I can totally respect the fact that you do have to attend the funeral, you do have to do all of those things. I I, I have no critique of that to be honest, because you know if you're in that position, you do the same. But there is space to say this is the perfect time for the conversation. Exactly. This is the perfect time to start moving towards the Republic conversations because this is the time where we're being absolutely blasted by media propaganda. The ABC's coverage has been fucking embarrassing for the last two weeks. Yeah. Every single thing I've seen is like, what will the corgis do now? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Who gives a fuck what that horse will do? They don't know she's dead. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. Ah. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about the body language experts looking at Meghan Markle fucking Mm. taking two steps. I don't care that Harry held Meghan's hand. I don't care that the kids were well behaved. I don't care about whether Camilla is liked or not. I do not give a fuck. Why do we give a fuck? This is just Kardashians in a different fucking way. And if you can't see that, you're blinded. Wow. I didn't realize I was going to get so angry about all of this. Reversal. Considering that I was like, Mom, it's okay (laughs) at 7 a.m. on the Friday morning. It's okay, Mom. I understand she was important in your life. (laughs) Um... If you here's a little little tidbit. If you still like when you were talking about how the Queen actually does have power, the, the Crown does have power in Australia. Like they, the Queen got rid of Gough Whitlam, so that wasn't that long ago. No, that dismissal was not that long ago. Exactly, and also if you if you think the Queen is like a very nice lady, blah blah blah, she could have got rid of Scott Morrison. She fucking didn't. So <laughs> what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> she um she could have you know, done something. I, I actually, you know what, no comment on the Prince Andrew <laughs> stuff. We don't know where that money came from. <laughs> mm, suspicious. It was undisclosed um, where the 17 million came from. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But that's the thing she like literally, because a lot of people are like, oh, well that wasn't her. It was like, it happened so long ago. I remember I, there was this comment that I read on Instagram and he was like, the queen was negative 16 years old when the stolen generation happened. First of all, that is completely factually inaccurate. <laughs> Fuck me. And stolen generations are like the the stolen generation, what we like colloquially know know as the generation, um, are like our parents' age. They're like in their fifties. Um, but also there is continuing stolen stolen generations. It's plural, um, and it's still happening. So that's just completely inaccurate. And, but if you don't, if you don't like believe that she covered up things that are, you know, so I guess like distance wise far away and that she didn't have any impact on the genocide and like continuing um, oppression of First Nations people in this country, then have a, just have a think about the fact that she protected her son who is an alleged pedophile. Yes. 
yet she apparently like hates Meghan Markle, who's not an alleged pedophile. No, I don't think she. I think she likes her. She likes Meghan. Yeah, but she doesn't do anything about the fact that she. No, and this is what I mean. I think the entirety and and people are going to slam me for this. I don't really care. Um, the one of the things that is always pointed to about Queen Elizabeth II is how she served like humbly and quite silently. And that's not to be celebrated anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I get it. Like, I think the one, the one point of sympathy I have for her is the fact that she wasn't, she didn't choose her life, um, that she was thrust into it. But I, and you know, it's, it might be rude for me to sit here and say, I wish she'd done more, but I fucking wish she had. Yeah, she could have done something. Like, I don't really think she. Really I don't did think anything. I don't, and I don't think she wants to be a feminist icon, but she isn't, and anyone who thinks she is, that is absurd. <laughs> people are saying that it's embarrassing. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and if you call, if you like, if she was still alive and you went up and you were like, "Are you a feminist?" She'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that." Like, come on, get a grip, people. I just think like, if you are so insecure and. And, and so lacking in um, the sort of execution of your beliefs that you are so threatened by another viewpoint about this, you really need to examine where that's sitting and why yeah. you're uncomfortable. Um, and do you want to move on? So during that week, um, Caitlin Moran, who plays for the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW, she posted on the day of Queen Elizabeth's death a, a story that was taken down within a few hours. Oh, I thought it was a tweet. No, it was an Instagram story. She tweeted this photo of Queen Elizabeth and was like, great day, Uncle Luke's touring and this dumb dog died. Oh, God. Is that and all that all it said? Yeah. I actually didn't see it, the screenshots of it, but that's what I've heard on like multiple newspapers and radio people have explained that that's what it was. What I, thought it had, I thought it said more than that. No. Fucking Ray Hadley. Fuck these fucking dinosaurs. Put them in the fu- – oh, fuck. Anyway, he comes out and says that it's – what Caitlin Moran has written is the – in quotes, most reprehensible thing he's seen ever connected to rugby league. That is embarrassing. And I think I tweeted <laughs> at the time and said, does he know that rape and domestic violence are regularly connected to rugby league? Yeah. Now, Caitlin Moran has subsequently been, she was suspended for one game. She was fined half of her salary, which a man in the same position would never be. That's fucked. And also... Being suspended for one game in the NRLW is a fifth of the season mm. right now. And she also has to undertake education course. Which is so cool. I don't understand what that education course would look like. It's probably about like the values of the club. Which, what? Oh, so gamble, drink, hate the gays, bash your wife. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Cool. And homophobia. And how to be. I said hate the gays. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> racism. Yeah. She used to be educated on racism. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's like, and this is exactly what we're talking about. Like, it's funny that a woman's words and a critique of a figure can be literally described by a commentator as like the the most reprehensible thing to be connected to a sport that is filled with the toxic culture. Why? Because women are held to a separate standard to men, to a higher standard than men, and they are brought down very, very easily and quickly mm-hmm. by the men who were involved in the sport. Yeah. And I think that it says everything about the way that men are driven to sort of degrade the reputations of women while subsequently building up and protecting the, the reputations of men in the same position. Like, what? I, I, I'm not saying that it would have been necessarily, like, extremely different outcome if it was a man but to say that words on an instagram post can even equate remotely 
to the other actions that take place at, at off the field mm. by men is is just it blows my mind. Yeah. I think it's more about the fact that she's First Nations for them. Because Probably, the, it's both. Because either the same week or the following week, all of the um, the report came out from the Hawthorne Club about yes. um, like racist behaviours from three paid like high up senior officials in Coaches, the yeah. in the AFL, um, which like until a few weeks ago, I was like the AFL is like world's better than the NRL. It still is, but that's what concerns me. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like we thought that was like the, that's meant to be the less scandalous yeah. one. Um, and like if you didn't hear about it basically i think there were three first nations players who mostly made these complaints mm. um and that came out in a report and the report was only undertaken by an independent um first nations consultancy because there were claims of racism in the club so this is just hawthorne like club base it's not like the afl as a whole because i it seems like the clubs kind of operate pretty independently yeah um so there are three uh, people whose names I don't know, quite frankly. Do you um, know them? <laughs> Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan, and someone else. I don't know who the third was. He, is that the one who was the – he was like a liaison person. Yeah, the other but, two are So Alistair Clarkson was head coach and then yep. Chris Fagan was the assistant coach and Chris Fagan is now the coach of the Brisbane Lions. Yes, and then the, the other guy's a coach of yep. something I don't, else. I don't fucking know who's I don't even remember reading the third name. It was a liaison guy. Okay. Member liaison. I could actually. Boring. Just, I could just, I could get it up because I think it's fair to name him because I wrote about it in my article. So Jason Burt. So basically they, so we heard from, or the, um, the investigation heard from three First Nations players that these three um, men had uh, pressured them to separate with their partners um, and had pressured one of their partners to get an abortion when she found out she was pregnant. Yes. So it's giving modern colonization and it's giving stolen generations. It's giving. That's you what are it's such giving. A Gen Z. Thank you. I'm trying my best. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think that obviously, I think that independent reviews need to be undertaken at every club in basically the whole of football mm. ever until it's all destroyed and burnt to the ground. Um, Destroy it. I think that the like main takeaway from these things and the main takeaway from the fallout and like fighting that has come after like following the Queen's death is that we haven't really made that many we haven't really made any gains in the issue of racism in this country. Yes. Like it's still very much alive and well. And like I feel like a lot of people um like I already knew that <laughs> but I think that it's just like another thing when it's so publicly yeah. in the media and people are so publicly commenting very racist things um on social media sites like it's very concerning the amount of like comments I actually got into a bit of a comment fight with a woman who's like fairly well known who's an influencer like these people are making public comments about oh yes with like if not outright racism racist undertones and just a complete unwillingness to even like try to understand and it's funny because i think that what this has highlighted over the last few weeks is just how performative our inclusion is mm -hmm. like literally to see a particular game on the friday the queen died have a minute silence after 
the acknowledgement and welcome to country. Mm. I like what, what the fuck went through? Like, yeah. how many people did that go through? You yeah. know, like, and I think about these things where, I mean, that's just, I think that's just poor taste, right? But when we think about the way in which we accept and include and diversify, whether it be our workplaces, you know, everyone loves to hang Indigenous art in their offices, but who actually loves to pay the rent, you know, and yeah. actually contribute, read, educate themselves, you know, call out, do the work that needs to be done. And again, the bare minimum work. Mm. Um, it's just ironic because I think that this event it has been sort of cruel in highlighting the true division that exists in this country. And I think that it'll, it'll take a long time to shake. Yeah. I, I, what I mean is shake this. Like, I think this has been, I cannot even imagine how inflammatory and triggering it's been for first nations people in this country and what i mean is i don't even mean shake like shake racism i mean sort of calm the country back down Mm -hmm. to a more accepting space in the next few weeks but also do these sorts of events give rise to true change when we recognize just how bad it is or do we need to calm down in order to make change also the irony of the fact that we're probably in the next 12 months going to see a referendum on a first nations voice to parliament after this, it's just, it's it's just. I feel sick to my stomach. Like, I I don't have faith in this country to vote well in mm-hmm. that. I um I don't know where we're sitting. I have no idea because the the voices have been so loud of white people that are just so unwilling to see a perspective outside of their own. And I it's think really that scary. They, for me, it's not so much like about you know an idea that like maybe after this like. Um, kind of blows over largely in the media that it'll be in a different spot. I think it's just highlighting what was already there. No, I know, but I think it, we know, but Mm. I don't think everyone knows. No, but I think it's still there though. No, I know, but I think that this proves how willing people are to spit and spew such vitriol at each other. Yeah. And I think that while it's always there, Mm -hmm. it's not as aggressive and it's not as um, conflict, like willing to engage in conflict. I think sometimes it's yeah. just things that are said on the sly, things that are said in home, things that are said in private spaces. And I think when it comes out and you see just how willing people are to engage in that sort of toxicity at a public level. I think it's helpful to actually see it because voting happens in private. Yes. No, I, I agree with you, mm. but it's just like I, we can say that because it doesn't necessarily affect us as well. And I'm not saying it doesn't affect First Nations people all the time, yeah. but to be on the receiving end of that for like a, such an intensive period, mm-hmm. like it would be just exhausting, infuriating oh, yeah, and stressful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that there is like, there is something to be said like for, or I, like personally as a um, woman seeing the stuff like come out from, you know, like Brittany Higgins, yes. for example, like the Canberra bubble stuff, um, even though it was like horrendous, I personally found, obviously I'm not telling anyone that they need to feel this as well, but I personally found like a bit of like obviously horror and disgust but there was like a part of me that's like well at least we know i suppose like no i agree so because some i I think there's like i don't know it probably just depends on what kind of person you are no i totally agree yeah i think it's like it's helpful to put it on display and be Mm. like this is exactly what we're talking about yeah it's like knowing your enemy i guess yeah like you need to know what they're saying yeah and there is like we can gain something from them saying it yeah publicly and out loud um, but the other thing is it's not just these commentators. No, it's not. It's everyone. Yeah. It's like people you work with or your family or your friend who you thought was like progressive, who says something problematic. Like it's not just the Alan Joneses, which I think is the worst bit. Yeah. 
They're everywhere. They're everywhere. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at cheekmediaco or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. 